Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 159 of the podcast that was originally recorded on April 30th of 2017. Some of the games I played for the past week, a little Arcadia Quest Beyond the Grave, some Age of War, a little Matanai, some Oniram, and a little bit more Knights of Pen and Paper Plus One. I also talked about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 159 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild there for some conversations on some of the stuff we're playing right now. Guild number 2440 is what to look for on Twitter at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say, is where you can follow me on Twitter. For Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, I thought this was going to be maybe a little bit shorter of an episode, but after I kind of wrote down some of the games that I have here on my little um, kind of like outline that I usually do for the show, I actually may be able to talk about these games a little bit more than I thought. Um, and I really didn't make it down to the game store too often this week, uh, cause my wife decided to share her lovely spring of cold with me. So I've been trying to kick that most of the week. So even for tabletop day, which was yesterday, I was not able to go down there and play any games. I did go down there and pick a few things up cause there were a few things that had come in, uh, during the week that I really wanted to get picked up from the store and added into my collection. But we will talk about those at the end of the show, but let's jump into a little bit of what I played for the week. Last weekend, we went over our friend's house, and my wife and I continued our Arcadia Quest Beyond the Grave scenario and campaign that we're currently running. And this will be the third campaign scenario that will actually be that we actually played through. I actually did much better this week in the game as before I pretty much was the lowest in all of the categories as far as scoring went. Uh, this week, I actually came actually close to winning the the scenario and the campaign for that night. Um, I was one quest away and my buddy Jim actually jumped ahead and was able to finish one of the PVE quests before me, which I was a little bummed about because we were all really close to being able to finish that, um, that third quest that you need to finish the scenario. Having a great time with Arcadia Quest. Sometimes the dice love me. Sometimes the dice hate me. My wife was having an off week as well. She was just, after the first couple of rolls, she goes, I am just not going to have a good night tonight. And the dice were pretty much against her. So I don't know if I had basically hit, were grabbing the good dice and was rolling with them or what. But um, we had a great time playing this one. Uh, one of the things that I actually did pick up from my friendly local game store on Tabletop Day that I will just mention here was Arcadia Quest Pets, which my wife and I are going to try to run through our own scenario and play through some of this stuff. Pets looks to be a lot of fun. When I ha actually showed her the box, she goes, that looks pretty cool. I watched a couple of cool mini or not videos on it yesterday. And I have to say, it looks pretty cool what some of the pets actually add and bring to the game. Um, kind of like by ha almost having an extra turn or action on your turn 
to where you can maybe get a few more things done and get some more movements done and some more attacks and stuff. At, and the buffs are in debuffs that they're able to bring to the table. Pets looks to be really cool. I can't wait to get that one to the table. So I'm really excited to start playing that one. Um, and I think my wife and I, like I said, we're probably going to start our own little campaign and maybe run through some of those. But we're going to be continuing probably next weekend with some more Beyond the Grave. We will be jumping into the fourth scenario for the campaign of six that I believe we will be playing. So we're actually coming close to the end of this one, but I'm having a really good time of it. And I think maybe after this past week, I'm pulling myself out of the cellar and I may be inching my way up to maybe second place. I have a feeling my wife is still ahead of me in that regard with um, having finished more of the quests and getting more of the scenario rewards and stuff. So I will have to continue working on that and see what I can actually pull off in the next couple of scenarios. But after that, we then played a quick little dice game called Age of War. This is a game put out by Fantasy Flight Games. A really interesting, um, I guess you could say kind of push your luck, just a die game where you, dice game where you're trying to just match up the dice rolled with cards that are on the table. There are going to be, I believe, uh, six different, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different color sets of cards. And on your turn, you will start rolling a big handful of dice. You are trying to match up the symbols on the dice with some of the symbols that are on the individual cards you have to pick out a row at a time to put on one card and once you commit to a card you have to try to finish that card with all the dice that you have um, some of the different things that you can roll are swords bows horsemen or samurai your swords actually will be in one two or a combination of three swords on one die and that is pretty much the gist of the whole game you're going to roll the dice figure out which cards you want to try to complete uh, for victory points, which will be added up at the end of the game. The game ends when all of the um, cards are removed from the center of the table. They are, are owned by people. Um, the one interesting thing was each card does have two sides to it. So as you're trying to complete the cards, you want to possibly try to complete all the sets of a particular color because if you can lock down and control all the cards of a particular color, you will get to flip those cards over and nobody will be able to steal them from you. Um, until you do this, any cards you have in front of you can be stolen by any of your opponents uh, and normally to do that, they have to roll all of the icons that are on the normal right side of the card, as well as one samurai head, which is on the left side of the card, to be able to steal that from you. So a little bit of strategy in regards to what you're trying to take at what time, what you're trying to steal from your opponents, what you try to lock down, and what you try to possibly just take from the center of the table and end the game um, interesting little dice game. We actually played this for the first game on Monday as well. I believe I had mentioned it to my buddy Eric that we had played it Sunday night, so he brought it down Monday, so we actually got a game of this in before we actually started playing um, our normal games for the evening. So I actually got to play this a couple of times in a row, and I thought I had actually talked about this on a previous podcast because I have played this one time before, before a Pathfinder group, and um, on one Sunday, uh, probably a couple of years ago, actually, um, right after the game had shortly probably come out, out. Um, but it's a cool little dice game and my wife really liked it when um, after we were done playing with it she goes that's pretty cool it's not a lot of thinking to it it's something it's a it's a complete filler type game um, and if you like games that are like push your luck dice games like this check out age of war um, and you may have a good time with that one after that we picked up a card game that I was that I was actually picking up for my buddy Eric um, called Matainai. This is a card game by Carl Chuddick, and I listen, one of the podcasts I actually listen to that are that are board game related is 
the Ludology podcast. And this has Mike, Mike Fitzgerald on there as well as Jeff Engelstein. And I believe Mike actually just recorded his last episode and Gil Hova, um, who has um, the, who is, who's the creator of the network's, board game it will be filling in for him going forward as Mike wants to start working on other board games from what it sounds like and concentrate on that. But I've really enjoyed some of the deep dives that they give into just some of the board game industry and what they talk about on there. And I've always heard Mike Fitzgerald talk about Matai and I, and it's kind of funny because in this last episode they were, they went through and they were trying to figure out, you know, maybe how many times he's actually mentioned this in one particular episode. And it sounds like it was quite a bit. Um, so we actually got this one to the table. We had a four-player game of this going on. I kind of want to go through a quick rules overview of this one, but considering I've only played it once and I really haven't read the rules myself yet, I have watched Rattle run through this one and a couple other videos on it. I still don't know if I will be able to give a good rules overview of this. So if you are looking to learn how to play this game, because there is a lot to wrap your head around in this particular game. It's kind of based on Glory to Rome, um, which is one of Carl Chuddock's earlier games that he's released right now. That game is rather hard to get. If you are going to try to look for that one, expect to be shelling out quite a bit of money to obtain that game. Um, but Matai Knight appears to be, from what I can tell, maybe a little bit more streamlined, a little bit easier to pick up on. I will say it it was a lot of fun. I guess, so I guess that kind of spoils what I think about the game. I mean, I really liked it. I'm kind of glad it's in my collection now. But I guess let's see if we can kind of give an overview of what the game is. I guess if you kind of stand back and look at this from maybe like a 40,000 foot view, you can kind of say this is probably like a worker placement game because your cards are being used in multiple ways. So to me, the cards are being used as workers. They're also being used as resources. They're also being used to perform different actions because if you actually play a card into your um, east or west wing of the board, your the right or left side of the table, they could give you different um, actions that you're able to do on your turn or through some of the different phases. There's actually three different phases to the game that you're going to go through. There's a morning, noon, and night phase. And what you're going to do is everybody starts off with, I believe, five cards in their hand, and they have a little tableau in front of them. And the tableau's double-sided. It actually gives you a really nice kind of representation and explanation of what actually is going to be going on and how some of the cards are going to, going to be used. Besides a little turn reference card, between these two things... It actually does explain the game pretty good, but those first couple of turns, as you're trying to figure out what actually is going on in the game, my mind sat there and I was looking at my buddy Eric saying, okay, my mind kind of hurts right now because the first couple of turns, you're not really too sure after somebody explains it to you what the Sam hell is going on in this game. But once I kind of got the gist of, okay, I'm using my cards as kind of workers, which will let me perform different tasks which I can then play the cards and collect as resources. I can then spend those resources and possibly sell my card for victory points at the end of the game. I could use those cards for possibly helping actions, which would give me more actual actions during my turn based on whether I have the card backed up or not. And what I mean by backed up is you can sometimes put a card under the left side of the um, your tableau for like a helper. And if you could have cards to the left of that that are out there, that's kind of like a backed up card to where you'll be able to perform more actions if you do are, are doing those types of cards. And there's five different base types of cards in the game. There's a pink for paper. There's green for stone. Um, you have like a brown card for cloth, 
orange is for clay, and then blue for metal. Those cards also in order straight down. The paper goes along with a clerk action. The green goes along, the stone goes along with a monk action. The, the cloth goes along with a tailor action. The potter, or the clay goes around with a powder action, and the metal goes along with a smith action. So, like I said, it, when once you kind of understand the gist of what the cards are trying to do and how you can utilize them, the game actually does start to make a lot of sense, and you can really start to see all the different strategies because there are multiple ways to actually win in this game. You can win in this game just by playing certain cards to the table that give you an instant win condition. There are other car there are, are are other ways you can win the game if you go through I believe the whole deck once the whole deck is depleted I believe that will finish the game. Um, if you have five cards in either side of the tableau for the helpers and sales and the uh, basically you know being as workers next to them that could end the game and there may actually be a couple of more I'm not going to flip through the book right now to find them but those are a couple of the ways you can actually bring along end game conditions. Let's kind of just go through a little bit of what you could do during your turn. In the morning, what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that your hand of cards, which starts off at five, basically isn't higher than five. So when it comes to your turn, you're going to just make sure you have no more than five cards in your hand. If you do, you have to discard. You're going to take your previous task, which is going to be at the top of your tableau. Everybody starts off with a card there. The first person will flip that card over. There will be two cards in the center of the table that you'll be able to possibly utilize for resources. And the first person who actually goes in this game, one of the neat things about it is when you're actually going through the actual after the actual noon effects when you're performing your tasks, you're going to get to utilize the tasks of already around the table. Let's not jump ahead here. Let's actually try to get through the morning first before we jump into noon. And what you're going to do is you're going to place your previous task, if it's not the first round, into the center of the table. You can perform any cards that say in the morning. So there are particular cards that you could play in your tableau that will say utilize in the morning, at noon, or at night. So you will follow those cards accordingly and play them in the appropriate time frames. You can also choose a new task from your hand and put that under your task, kind of like tableau sideways. So just that task is sticking out. And the task that you can do are like a clerk task, which is taking a card from your craft bench and moving it to your sales. The monk can take a card from the floor move it to your helpers, the tailor. You can return any number of cards from your hand, then draw that number of cards back from your hand. So you have a total of five cards, including both your hand and your waiting area. And all the cards that you draw will always go to this waiting area. There's really, I don't think that from what I can tell, there are any cards that when you draw them during your turn actually end up in your hand. The potter lets you take a card from the floor add it to your craft bench, and then the smith actually lets you complete a work from your hand, and it can actually be supported by revealing materials from your hand. So there's, like I said, there's multiple different things going on in this game, and kind of once you kind of figure out which each of these individual actions is really doing and what they can do for you, you really want to try to figure out what type of strategy you want to go with in the game, and then go through those, you know, on your turn to be able to try to get to that end game stuff. After you're done with those morning tasks on during the noon phase of the game, you're going to go around clockwise and perform everybody's tasks in order and then perform your task last. You're going to get to take actual bonus actions for any matching helpers you have that match any of those tasks as well. So you can possibly end up taking multiple actions on your turn by having multiple of the same types of maybe clerks, let's say, 
that are down um, to the left side on the on the helper board. And if somebody actually plays a clerk task, and you have some clerks out on the table, you know some of the pink cards that are out on the table to let you do actions. You could do multiple actions not only on somebody else's turn, but you really need to see what everybody else is playing on their turns. Because you may not want that many actions of that particular type. So if somebody else already has a clerk out there for you to play, you could possibly play something else to let you do other things on your turn. After you do that and perform all the tasks, you could take bonus actions for the helpers. If you've played no task, which you can do, you don't necessarily have to put a card under your task area. You can do what they call as a prayer action, which is letting you just draw one card. And again, that card just goes into your draw area, not necessarily into your hand immediately. After that, it's going to be the night phase. You can perform at night effects. Like I said, there are different cards that could say perform, you know, perform at night and you will do those. After that, you'll pick up all the cards in your waiting area into your hand and that will be it for your turn, and it will, the game will move on to the next phase. So, like I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail as far as all the different rules for this game. That's a quick overview of a lot of the different actions and what, what, what a round will be like. But just keep in mind that the cards are going to be utilized as workers. You know, what the way I try to think of it, I try to think of those tasks as kind of like my worker. What, what I'm able to do as an action. And then you're also trying to figure out how I want to possibly accelerate some of these actions that I'm able to take by getting other cards to the table in my helper area, what I possibly want to try to move from my craft bench into my sales area, and the sales cards that you have over there have to be backed up with other cards onto the right side of the table. So you're going to have cards not only kind of like halfway underneath all corners of this tableau, but you're also going to have two sets of cards on each side outside of those helpers and sales areas, which is where you're going to be building up that tableau of kind of like five cards to go to those end game conditions. So once you kind of wrap your head around this whole thing, it actually, there's a hell of a lot of strategy going on in this game because there's so many different actual things you can do on your turn. And there's just a lot of different ways to win at the game you have to see what your opponents are playing, what possible strategies they're using, how you can maybe slow them down while you accelerate your own. I hate to say kind of engine, but that's kind of what you kind of get going in this game is just a little engine in moving the cards around to see, I have these resources here. What can I actually maybe complete for my hand that will let me do other things in the game? And the cards do some really crazy off the wall things, which just add to the game. I could see why Mike Fitzgerald, I think, really likes this game for what I can tell. There's, I think there's just so much strategy to it that until you play this game multiple times and really get a good feel for it, getting your hands, getting your head and kind of just everything wrapped around that strategy is going to be really tricky. So I want to get this one to the table a couple of more times. I want to try to teach this one to my wife, show her a couple of videos on how to play. I think I have a better, good understanding of how to possibly explain this and teach this and relate this to other games so this way it's not just kind of like cards that you're trying to just play in different areas of the board but basically how this little cardboard tableau you have in front of you is utilized and how you're shifting the cards to the different areas to basically get you to your end game goals so that's matainai that's a crazy crazy game if you've never played this one definitely try to find somebody who knows it who can teach this one to you very well and I have a feeling this is a game that a lot of people will enjoy. I really did. I can't wait to play this one again. After that, I actually 
that was pretty much all of the actual board games I played, but I did pick up Oniram on my phone a couple of weeks ago, and I really hadn't sat down to really learn this one. I had seen the actual card game um, at my um, friendly local game store a couple of times before. Had never really picked it up. I think I picked up the app for like 99 cents, and I played through it several times uh, the past couple of days. And I have to say, it's a really interesting little solo card game that you can play. In Oniram, what you're trying to do is you're trying to actually, in the app, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get eight different gate doors, and there's four different colors. There's red, blue, green, and I believe there's one other color, and it's white, I think. It's white, red, blue, green, and you're trying to get two doors of each. You start off with a hand of, I believe, five cards, and you're going to play cards from your hand into the center of the table, and the cards have different symbols on them. So not only do they have different colors, and you need to play three cards of a particular color to be able to close the door, and when you play that third card, you add the, you get to basically look through the deck, pull the door out, set it to the side, and then that's one less card that you need to complete. The other trick besides playing three cards of the same color, you have to make sure that when you're playing the cards that you're alternating the symbols. So if you have a sun card, a red sun out, you can't necessarily play another red sun next to it. You have to play maybe a moon or a key next to it to be able to play another card after that. So after you finish up the three, let's say I let's say I play a red sun, a red moon, and then a red sun, and then I want to maybe start doing a blue one. If I ended on the red sun, I have to play either a blue moon or a blue key or something else to break up that sequence of the sun because even though I'm playing a different color, I still have to play a different symbol. That's kind of like the gist of the whole game is just going through the deck and trying to complete these sets of three cards to close all eight of the doors. But it's definitely not that easy because as you're going through the deck, you're going to find shadow cards, which could completely screw up what you're doing. And the shadow cards, when they're drawn, they could make you discard your hand of cards, discard the top five cards of your draw deck. They could make you lose a key from your hand. And I think that's about it. I think that's what they do. So if you have a key in your hand and you draw the same color door, you can close that door immediately by, immediately by playing the key. So having a key in your hand sometimes is actually a very good thing to have. Because there are, because the whole goal of the game is to close these doors. I've played the app, like I said, several times. I really liked it. Um, I thought that I thought it was a really cool little game. I want to show this um, to my wife and maybe download this onto her tablet. I have a feeling this would be a nice little game she could sit around and play solo, and you know, just just a nice little kind of like time waster. But there's there's some strategy that you do have to use when you're playing the game. In what cards do I discard from my hand? When do I just discard the top five cards of my deck? And whenever you're normally discarding something or or affecting your deck in some way, it's normally getting reshuffled immediately afterwards. So there's a little bit more, a few other things to the rules as far as when you're going through a shadow and you draw their doors, they kind of go off to kind of like a kind of like a purgatory pile or something like that, kind of just like a pile off to the side that'll get shuffled back into the deck once you get that whole section done. Um, but that's kind of like the gist of the whole game. I really liked it. It's an interesting little app for 99 cents. I don't think you could go wrong with this one. Um, it's definitely a really cool one from Asmodee. I think they are the ones who put it out. I liked it. I'm sure you will too. So check that one out. Other than that, one of the last things I was playing on my phone was a little Knight of Pen and Paper plus one. 
I'm close to the end game of this one. I think I'm pretty much in the last dungeon. All I got to do is get to the end boss and beat the boss. But getting to that end boss and moving through the different rooms without having to fight 50 million things is rather tricky right now. From what I was reading online, a bunch of people just went out and kind of like the way they get around this is purchasing a bunch of luck um, amulets and just walking through into the last boss and then beating it. And I think most of my characters are on level 42, 43 right now, which I could possibly do. I just need to kind of grind to get gold. But grinding in this game really isn't the easiest thing to do because once you're kind of done with all the quests, there really isn't much more for your characters to do other than just fight individual battles, which is kind of boring in this game, I hate to say. Um, I'm kind of bummed that this is the way this game's ending out considering I've spent quite a bit of time in investing, quite a bit of time going through all the you know, the whole game and finishing all the different quests and doing a lot of different things, which I, I, I really had a good time with. But the whole end game is kind of just kind of just come to a, you know, not a great conclusion for me right now. So we're going to see how much more time I spend with this game. And I'm going to try to finish this last boss and get through it. I think my characters are the right level. I just need to get through this last dungeon and get a little bit more gold and maybe do this little um, luck thing. But I'm hoping that if I pick up the second game in this um, set, uh, in Knights of Pen and Paper 2, that it actually maybe does have a better conclusion than this first one does. Even with the DLC that I had, that I downloaded, I had a great time with everything. I thought it was really fun. Um, I definitely made it way further than I ever did the first time I played through this game. But uh, Knights of Pen and Paper, kind of anticlimactic right now in my conclusion to this game. So we'll see if I actually ever do finish this end boss. I may try to grind it out. But I may actually pick up something else to play and grind through that. So we'll see. But that's where I'm at with that one. Other than that, those are the games I played for the week. Let's talk about a few things that I want to play. Of course, I already mentioned Arcadia Quest Pets. Um, really excited to get that one to the table, like I said earlier. Kind of can't wait to see how the pets really interact with the game and what they bring to the table. The other game, I watched a quick run-through that Rado had done real quick. Barbarians the Invasion. This is a game that's currently out on Kickstarter. This appears to be a worker placement game um, with a barbarian setting, as you can tell. But there seems to be this whole volcano kind of setting on the board, which is kind of like some dials that can turn around, let you do different actions. It's supposed to come with some really good figures and some really nice, um, you know, presentation. And it looks actually really interesting from what I can tell right now. So I'm paying close attention to this one. I may actually be backing this one uh, before it ends here shortly. Uh, so if you're looking for maybe a worker placement game or you like those types of games, check out Barbarians the Invasion and see um, what you think of it out on Kickstarter. I believe there's been, like I said, Rado did a run-through of it, and his didn't have all the fancy components and everything, but you can still get a really good feel of how the game plays and what you're doing in the game. And it looked to be pretty cool, and I'm going to keep my eye on that one and actually see if I do back it or not. I will let everybody know when or if I do. But other than that, that is it for this week of gaming. And wow, I actually did talk about those games a little bit longer than I thought. I thought this was going to be a short podcast, but it looks to be right around my normal time frame for a episode. So as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on Facebook. Just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, thank you everybody for joining me for another episode of the podcast, but you know what to go do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, 
when I hopefully get to make it down to the game store and play a lot more games and have more things to talk about. Go enjoy some gaming. I am going to do the same. Thanks for joining me. Have a great week, everybody. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.